Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common. Go head to head to see which one does it better. So on Monday, our friends in the North proved their mettle as former steelworkers who turned to stripping to make ends meet. It was a feel-good smash and the 10th biggest film of 1997. So this week's challenger is going to have to bring the heat, which it does. Set in the sunshine state of Florida, Channing Tatum prepares to step up to today's battle by bringing his own brand of stripping as one of the cock-rocking kings of Tampa. Will he and his crew, including Dallas, Tarzan, and Big Dick Ritchie, be victorious today? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. I'm Alex Zade. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Yes, you both are. So, as you just heard, we did the full Monty already. It had a very good innings. Magic Mike is the challenger. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, it's on Twitter at ClashPod, or you can email us, show at ClashPod.com. Vicky, you picked these. Would you do the honour of reminding us of the connection between these two movies that you did pick? I'd absolutely love to. The connection is, it's Yorkshire Amateurs versus Tampa Pros in men. Huh? What are they good for? Absolutely buffing. <laughs> still, mm-hmm. still funny. Sorry. Yep. Still funny. Yep. Still <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So part one saw Chris cover the full Monty, which means you gave me 2012's Magic Mike. Are you ready, Beefcakes? <laughs> Easy rattlesnakes. Do it. <laughs> Here we go. Channing Tatum is Mike, a man who seems to have it all. Girls, a well-paying job as a male stripper, and a hobby of turning scrap metal into furniture so ugly it makes you wish it was still scrap metal. But is he happy? No, because he's old. Yeah, he's 30. A fact brought into focus when he takes 18-year-old Alex Pettifer under his wing and realises that maybe 
It's Time to Grow Up. The film also features a pig-eating vomit. <laughs> I'm glad you called out the furniture. The furniture's fucking horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it's, honestly, I was like, stay stripping, Mike. Yeah, is it meant to be awful? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Olivia Munn at the start, when she sees it, she was doing a joke. She's like, oh, what's that? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I made it. And you could see she was just about to go, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a marked difference between this and Full Monty, where the stakes in the Full Monty are sort of getting his kid back, someone getting their house back, their wife back, getting their dignity back. And here it's, can I make some furniture? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're a stripper? Yo, everybody, this is the kids. Do whatever Mikey tells you, whatever any of the guys tell you. Hey, Mike, I think we should be best friends. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out why stripping. Women, money, and a good time. Just try not to forget about the people who exist in the daylight, the non-vampire. Right. Are we fighting? <laughs> Is this our first fight? <laughs> so if you could do the one thing that makes you the happiest every morning. The custom furniture. Custom furniture? So you must be really good with your hands. I just can't be around your lifestyle. Am I Magic Mike right now talking to you? I'm not my lifestyle. Do you believe what you're saying right now? That too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. So uh, let's touch on the history of Magic Mike because the big talking point here is that Channing Tatum actually used to be a male stripper in Florida. So this is a kind of autobiographical film, but he says it's not, but it is to a certain extent, but it's not. When did you guys first get an eyeful of Magic Mike? Um, Vicky? I watched it in the most typical, I'm like ashamed to say it kind of way, but I'll just say it. It's not like a fantastic story, but I was in by myself one night and I'm very rarely in by myself. And I'd heard the fuss and I was like, I'm going to check out this Magic Mike while I'm by myself. And and I just it was I was so pleased I was by myself because I could rewind certain scenes again and again and then I was like texting my friends just be like have you seen this film it's incredible um so but I've only seen why it did you why why did you want to watch the pig eating vomit over and over again <laughs> well it's because it's the it's the marketing for the film did me wrong like I I wasn't expecting anyone to be working on a roof and I wasn't expecting everything to be completely yellow all the time. <laughs> but it when... makes me feel sick watching it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what everything's so yellow. You're like, oh God. It makes yeah. I, honestly it's quite nauseating. But go on. Mm. But that's it. But any scene in the club, anytime anyone is dancing, it's <laughs> it ticks a lot of boxes for me. Can I ask quickly, because I'm gonna get into this as well. What when the the marketing of it compared to what it was? What was the biggest like difference between what you thought you were going to get and what you actually got with this movie? Because I think that's quite interesting. I, I thought it was going to be less about. Ah, oh, I suppose I thought it'd be more followed the structure of the full Monty. Like particularly when they're talking about put, going to Miami, I thought we were going to be putting on a show, and it isn't that. It's like one. It's well, it's the kids' life as well, but it's sort of one man's life with all mm. the sort of accoutrements. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. All right, I'll tell you my, my, my thinking, because I've got a similar one, although it's a bit different. Chris, what was your first experience in your relationship with Magic Mike? Uh, it took me a while to get to this one, uh, because Steven Soderbergh uh, can be so hit and miss, and McConaughey was pretty hit and miss at the time. 
And there were a bunch of actors I wasn't bothered about. I didn't really like Channing Tatum all that much at the time. I really didn't like Alex Pettifer. Um, And it was a subject I didn't have much interest in. So I think I caught up with it when there was so much attention surrounding the sequel. And I thought, oh, I better do my homework here uh, because this one came out without a huge fanfare. And then the sequel came out with a huge amount of hype and expectations around it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of a bit like you, Chris. I think I maybe saw it a little earlier than around the sequel time, but I don't exactly remember when I saw it. It wasn't like, uh, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch Magic Mike. I think I was flicking and I was like, oh, I think maybe people talked about this. It was a while after its release. But like you, Vicky, what I thought I was going to get and what I actually got a very different, I saw the marketing and I thought, this is going to be silly. This is going to be fun and ridiculous and maybe even a little bit funny and kind of what Magic Mike 2 is, Magic Mike XXL. I didn't think it was going to be as dark as it was. I was a bit surprised by the fact it gets a little bit dark around the halfway mark and I didn't like that, I don't Mm. think, when I first watched it. I think I was expecting something a lot more lightweight. It's fine the fact that you knew who the director was. Yeah, um, I don't know if I did. <laughs> I think I, I, but I mean, I honestly think it was literally a poster of Channing Tatum with his top off on my TV, a little thumbnail, and I clicked on it, and then I got this. I don't think I'm not. I'm not sure. I do. I, it, do you know why I'm not sure? Because I was drunk um, when I watched this the first time, and I think it is a great film to watch when you're drunk because ninety percent of the scenes are either set in parties or in strip clubs, <laughs> two environments that really you need to be drunk to be part of mm. shit that's where i went wrong then <laughs> clearly i clearly went wrong <laughs> oh i thought you were coming at me like mm, drinking or watching movies alex well how are you taking notes successfully if you're having a drink when you're watching these movies <laughs> um all right then so i touched on the background already and um, magic mike is based on channing tatum being a stripper, not something that he admitted of his own volition, as it turns out. It was 2009 when Oz Weekly um, was sold a video by the guy who used to book him for the Florida uh, Tampa, in fact, where the film set strip club called Joy, uh, where he used to perform as part of Male Encounter. Tragically, no pun, Chris. I know, <laughs> they missed a trick there. Um he performed under the um, stripper name Channy's Fanny. <laughs> that doesn't quite work over here, does it? <laughs> yeah, Channy's it Fanny. And it's not true. I made it up. Oh, oh really? Because I, I, honestly, I, very good. I was going to say on the last episode, Simon Beaufoy said that they handed out glossaries at the full Monty screens in America where they had to explain what cheeky chuffy means. <laughs> yeah, and what what all in means? All, yeah, what does cheeky chip mean? You know, I don't care. Uh, naughty boy, uh, I do. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, no, he performed under the name, uh, which is not as good as Channy's Fanny, Chan Crawford. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, he did it for eight months. Uh, another similarity with the film: he like given up a football scholarship. He was doing a job as a roofer, and then he got this job for as a stripper. So Us Weekly revealed it. Um, and they posted the video online. Did either of you watch the video in preparation for this of Channing Tatum uh, as a stripper, uh, 18 years old? 
Uh, no, but I will do if that's not oh, you uh, being weird. Yeah, I would like it. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris. No, I. What do you see as Channing Tatum's or not? <laughs> uh, no, you don't. Uh, he has a tiny little, um, a, a tiny little white thong on, uh, and uh, rather upsetting, uh, grey socks. Um, oh what? Which... <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I'm not sure you'll like, uh, Victoria, is um, at the end, uh, after having put his hand down his uh, thong and grabbing his Channing Tatums, um, he then puts the same hand to his lips and blows the crowd a kiss. Does he? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, just for me, personally speaking, too little time between the withdrawal from the thong and the placing on the lips. It's... It's it's that it's that it's the, like the Joel McHale character in Ted. It's like, did he want to blow the kiss or did he want to smell his balls? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with doing both, Alex? <laughs> Absolutely nothing, Chris. Uh, and I know it's our secret greeting, but I've got uh, some... <laughs> not anymore. Some other not in the time of coronavirus. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. Um, he basically then decided to own this fact. Like his PR team went, "Oh my God, our new star, our, our rising Hollywood A-lister to be." This has been revealed that he used to be a stripper, but he was like, "I don't want to hide it. I want to own it." And he went on to pitch this movie uh, initially to Nicholas Reffin because um, he'd seen Bronson and he wanted him to do it. Uh, and then, having done Haywire with Steven Soderbergh. Um, he said the idea, because he couldn't do it with Nicholas Reff and some scheduling. Let's talk about scheduling. Um, he um, he ended up giving it to Steven Soderbergh and they went from there. Um, 2012, it comes out and it's um, to tap into what Chris was saying earlier, which was like, he didn't like Channing Tatum up to this point. I kind of get that vibe, not, not liking him, but 2012, this and 21 Jump Street yeah. Big year for Channing Tatum. This is where he announced himself as not just the guy from the Step Up movies and the guy in the Nicholas Sparks adaptation and the guy from G.I. Joe. This is where he became like a bona fide, wow, that guy's funny, self-aware, can act, and hella, can he dancer. Yeah, because I, I, sorry, I, I was saying I didn't like him, but I, I, yeah. it's because he wasn't making films for me and I wasn't watching those films. Um, but... Yeah, I'm to complete turnaround now to the point that this is the third Channing Tatum film we've done in four weeks. <laughs> is that right? Is yep. it? Wait, what? <laughs> yep. What? Oh, yeah, Wait, he's Tate... in The Hateful Eight, isn't he? Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah. And this is the one? end. Oh, this is the end. He plays yeah. the gimp. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are big Tatum fans on this podcast. I've never yeah, hidden yeah, it. Yeah. I've never said I wasn't. <laughs> No, no, and rightly so. And I think we'll get into it. And I think this movie is a great example of why he is so good. Um, so, yeah, the movie, like I saw, it's not autobiographical. There are similarities with his life, but he said it's fictional because he wanted to create his own scenarios, but it touches on what it was like being a stripper. So he doesn't, uh, re so he the... doesn't really have jaundice then? <laughs> fucking fucking Soderbergh, man it's like what why is everything so fucking yellow like you're not making traffic today you're making this movie <laughs> grow up <laughs> um the only other thing that's uh really of note is that mcconaughey obviously um 
He uh, accepted the role after 10 minutes um, having been called by Steven Soderbergh and um, and he's in it and it was his decision to have his own stripping scene. He wasn't, Dallas wasn't written to have a stripping scene. Matthew McConaughey probably said, all right, all right, all right, I want a stripping scene. And he got one. Um, right, before we um, talk about just how many times Matthew McConaughey can say, all right, all right, all right, in one fucking film, let's move on to talking about the movie. Has anyone got anything else about the build-up to the making of Magic Mike? No, no. Let's let's get in there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, right, well, I thought... Uh, to begin, we talk about meeting Mike for the first time. Uh, Channing Tatum awakens after a night out, and we learn a lot about him because he wakes up with not one, but with two naked women in his bedroom, which tells us that A, he's not in a serious relationship, and B, he is physically fit, because to me, that situation looks tiring. <laughs> At least one person is still very fast asleep. That's how tiring. <laughs> yeah, I bet she was doing all the work. I was going to say. I was going to say. It all depends on how much work you want to do, Alex. Who wants to do the heavy lifting? I suppose it takes the fun out of it a bit if you assign roles before you go into something. Like that. <laughs> I want it fully scripted. Where are my pages? <laughs> I have literally got an image of Chris rolling a whiteboard into a room and going, all right, let's talk this through before you we begin. You top, you bottom. You, when I get tired, step in. You pass me a glass of water. Let's go. There's five key moments of lovemaking that I want to talk about before we get on. <laughs> I like the fact that it's a very nonchalant threesome. Like, it's not a big deal. It's not like, oh, my God, they had a threesome. It's like this is something that they do, Olivia Munn and Channing Tatum, for fun. It's all consensual. It's all above board. And it's not like, whoa, we're so crazy. It's just like that's what they like to do. And there's no judgment there. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do think, I mean, if I was the third party in that, the girl who's asleep on the bed, I'd rather not be kicked awake after a threesome, whether yeah, it's casual sure. or not. <clears throat> it's you know, don't, don't kick. Yeah. Also, I did think the first time I saw it and I wasn't really paying attention, I thought, <laughs> have they killed her? <laughs> because why is, she still, <laughs> why is she still so asleep? Um, but they haven't killed her. It's not that film. <laughs> Thanks for confirming that, Victoria. That was, uh, <laughs> she's not, it doesn't open with a murder that isn't referenced. <laughs> For the That's next all. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, were you still going, oh, they're going to get to the murder eventually. You'll get gonna... caught eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be going on a date with that girl and then the police are going to turn out. I'm sorry, Mike, we've caught you for the murder that you did in Act 1. <laughs> what now, a way to go, though. Uh... We've all got to go sometime when your number's up. <laughs> um, so this is this is where I think it's a good time to talk about Channing Tatum and how good he is in this. Um, because... I I think he's got incredible charm and incredible self-awareness because I don't think that Mike on the page is written as such a likable character that Channing Tatum manages to make him because he's cocky, he's a ladies' man, he likes, you know, he's a guy on the town. And yet the minute you see like him in that role, you like, love this guy, want to spend two hours with this guy. I'm on this guy's side. Yeah. Am I right? I'm all right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's interesting you say that because they're, they're making a joke about not knowing, not remembering that girl's name. And uh, it's kind of disrespectful almost, and that could make you not like him, but he gets away with it with sort of his cheeky grin and his innate likability. So, yeah, I think that gets him a long way in this film. 
agree definitely yeah you get why women like him and you get why guys like him as well he's got this universal appeal um and i think it's really cool that they established that literally from the get-go because you're invested in his story um uh, and his story then lands him with the next person i'd like to talk about which is obviously um alex pettifer so did you like alex pettifer in this it's, it's really funny the first time i watched it i didn't at all i just didn't get it like oh i, I can't i I, th- I know it's like i've read some criticism about his you know his character he's just this bit of a douche you know he's like crashing with his sister and all the rest of it um and that maybe his performance wasn't you know didn't sort of make you love him as much as you should to really feel the pain of his downfall but second time round, i did i got it a lot more and i did really like it. and i think he's i think he's really good in it actually um but may, am I alone in that? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you um, because I think I, I thought exactly the same thing. That's so weird. I, I watched it the first time and didn't get it at all. This time I was. I don't know whether it's because I'm a bit older. <laughs> but I watched it and I went, "He's 19. Everything yeah. is forgivable." I was like, "He's just having a good time," and yeah. everything that like you think is like sort of dickish behaviour, you sort of go. I'm pretty sure I'd have done the same thing. Dropped into that world at 19, I'd have probably done exactly everything he does. But obviously now when, you know, you sort of go, it's an age thing, Chris. Yeah, I I was thinking about it a little more this time. I didn't really like him the first time I watched it and I couldn't figure out if that was him or the role, you know, the way it was written. But I guess my question this time is I can't, the, maybe the problem I'm having is I can't figure out why Channing Tatum's character wants to be mates with him. Yeah, um, I agree. He's with not you. funny. Yeah. He hasn't got a personality. Um, girls like him because he's good looking, and that's about it. That's all he's got going on, and so it doesn't really make much sense to me their friendship. And I feel like the, the there are more interesting around, uh, characters around him that I'd rather the film focused on than him because mm-hmm. I just really don't care about him. But isn't it just a sort of avalanche effect from that first night where they they meet, bump into each other on the street, and Channing Tatum isn't looking to be his friend? He's like, yeah, all right, I'll do you a favour, I'll get you into the club. And then he, like, as a joke, he has him introduce them to those girls, and then they say, can you bring the kid down to the strip club if we're going to come? And by the time all that's happened, it sort of turns out that Mike meets his sister and then goes... Oh, oh, I like your sister. And she specifically says, all right, he can be a stripper, but you have to look after him. So it's an obligation and a promise to her to look after him that makes sure he's always around Alex Pettifer in the movie. Sure. I, I guess then maybe I just wish he had a bit of a sense of humour or um, just something that I could latch on to as, as, a, as, the audi- as an audience member. Yeah, he's a moody teenager, isn't he? He goes to fancy restaurants with his hood up, um, like a proper like uh, angst. But, um, but yeah, he's supposed to be a bad boy, I'm guessing. We we learn that because uh, he'd uh, lost his college football scholarship because he got in a fist fight with a coach. And um, also, uh, on his first day at a job, the dickhead stole two cans of Pepsi. Mm. Unforgivable, I just, really. Isn't that weird, that moment? Like, you're like, I thought it was going to be a power tool or the petty too, cash. Or, or some something. money, yeah. But he's <laughs> like, put the coke back, kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, it's one of those. Uh, so, we learn that girls like him uh, from the moments that um, he intervenes at the bar 
You know, when Channing Tatum sends him over to those two girls at the bar who were struggling to get served. Mm. And the guy pushes in front of one of them and he grabs him and literally sort of threatens to smash the shit out of him. <laughs> and the girl, who he doesn't know, sees this and goes, hey, how you doing? Oh, my God, I love random acts of violence. What are you doing later? <laughs> Which is just fucking weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> um, I just honestly, can you imagine that? If you were standing at a bar and some, a guy just sort of like pushed in front of you and then another guy grabbed him, well, I'm going to smack the shit out of you <laughs> and then pretended to be your boyfriend with, without, without knowing anything. You'd be like, you're nuts. You're yeah. just a nuts person. This is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, does anyone else want to jump in with anything at this stage, or shall I go on to meeting the strippers? I want to meet the yeah, strippers. Yeah, let's get to that. Yeah. Let's meet the strippers. Uh, so this is one of my favourite moments when we get backstage at exquisite Matthew McConaughey's club, and we're introduced uh, to the <clears throat> meat and potatoes of the movie, the other strippers. Uh, so we've got Dallas, Matthew McConaughey, who runs the club and dreams of making the move to Miami. And uh, he says, all right, all right, all right. A, lo a lot in this movie. Some would say too uh, much. Uh, I, <laughs> but I can't think of another Matthew McConaughey movie where he says it as much as this. I tried to do a check. It comes close in Dazed and Confused, but I think this might be the ultimate, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, and, and, this and, was and just the point is, Dazed and Confused is the first time he said it, so it was that character's catchphrase. Once you yeah. start, take, you know, having him, another character say it a bunch of times, it completely mixes things up and takes me out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do it in a, as a joke in the comedies that he's doing, and you can do it once here. I'll let you off, but like to keep doing it, it is because like, I'm sure he's like, it's my thing, it's my stick, and you go, no, but you're you're not. I'm not supposed to see you. I'm supposed to see the character you're playing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I had a look. I, I had a look in. Uh, you know, um, a time to kill. He manages not to say it in that, which is great. <laughs> do you think <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club? I hope he doesn't say it in Dallas Bloody Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Amistad. He gets away with not saying it. In that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. Dazed and confused. Uh, Wooderson, uh, his character in that. That's the first time he says it, and he made it up there and then. Apparently, um, mm. Richard Linklater asked him to improv a scene, and uh, he just sort of went, "I'm going to come up with that" because he was listening to The Doors live, and Jim Morrison says, "All right, all right, all right, all right." on that and he went oh i think i'll use part of that and that's where it came from anyway back to this movie uh you've also got the strippers uh tito tarzan ken and big dick richie um who we see living up to his name using a penis enlarger vicky mm. if you had to go with one of those strippers who would be your favorite when you say go with what do you mean private dance private dance just a private dance oh. that's, those are the rules no touching victoria <laughs> uh who's the one using the sewing machine he um, caught my eye um, because I like a I like a man with practical skills. Um, so yeah, you wanted to take you in the back room and sew something for you. <laughs> I've always got jobs to do, to be honest. So if, oh. if he could help me out there, can you, can you imagine the other strippers going? Don't don't do, don't do a private dance with that girl. No, not <laughs> not. Don't go for a dance with a girl from Bolton. She she'll make you sew something. It's fucking no, creepy. No matter what she offers you, don't go in that room. Sew for me, you like, pinky bastard. 
<laughs> no, I do like the living doll. I like the living doll act. I think that's a really fun part of the show because it isn't just a strip show. Like it is a proper show. And so the living doll, like when he, as the Ken doll, when he comes out of the box and he's got that sort of like really tacky shirt on, I think that's a really funny touch and it is quite sexy. Um, but yeah, I like him. Matthew Bomer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. He's pretty hot. I like that. Chris? Uh, Tarzan, obviously. If you go, if would you take a private dance from Tarzan? Yeah, definitely. Um, Why? But he was a he was a he's a wrestler, Kevin Nash. Yeah, and, Kevin Nash. And yeah. I was looking through some of his wrestler names. I'd rather he was he was under the guise of one of his wrestler personalities than Tarzan because he played a character called the Sexecutioner. <laughs> I am all over that shit. <laughs> And I love the fact they got him in. I, I'd read somewhere that he can't dance. And so I was watching it really carefully. It's so funny. He doesn't even bother trying to dance throughout the whole movie. He's just shuffles from side to side being massive. He's six foot 11. He's six foot 11 and a half. And um, so he doesn't really need to move. He just needs to stand there and he's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, when they're doing that military thing, the 4th of July show, and they're doing star jumps, and all the others are doing star jumps, and he's just sort of lazily clapping his hands above his head. He doesn't, does not give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. And I think that's realistic um, as well. I think, you know, I think a, a, a troop, a, a stripper troop in Tampa would have a bloke like that on their books as well, you know? Yeah, they would. He, he fulfills, course, yeah. he fulfills, a, he does a job, as they say. What he doesn't do is uh, take it easy on the old hay juice, though. Um, which, you know, he's not a professional because uh, like, apparently a hay juice is alcohol uh, with G in it, um, which uh, they're all given beforehand um, uh, as a little uh, perk uh, just before they go on stage. Do you know what G is? No, I was going to ask you. Jizz? Thanks for asking. Don't say Jizz. <laughs> Just did. Uh, so it's just spelled with a J as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually. Um, so Spoil the joke. Some, uh, some <laughs> sort of chemical upper, but I don't know what begins with a G. Oh. It's GHB. Oh, I was going to say GHB. Of course, it's GHB. Mm. Lovely. Uh, uh, for those who don't know what GHB is, it's used by teens and young adults at bars, parties, clubs, and in inverted commas, raves. <laughs> I looked at the government <laughs> website. Amazing. Um, it's, yeah, it says in inverted commas, raves, and then in brackets, as though people aren't clear what raves are, in brackets, all night dance parties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and is often placed in alcoholic beverages. Uh, the plus sides are euphoria increased sex drive and tranquility uh, the negative sides include sweating nausea and loss of consciousness which yeah. is exactly what happens to tarzan <laughs> um which one of these guys would you like to take you out back for a good time alex um i'd like to um probably i don't know i i thought i'd want matthew mcconaughey um because i feel like there's a moment in it where he's teaching Alex Pettifer how to dance as a stripper, um, which, by the way, is literally apparently you only need you only need one lesson to uh, learn how to dance uh, as uh, a stripper. We get one lesson where Matthew McConaughey is wearing trainer socks, short shorts, a crop top, and what appears to be a leather swimming cap. Um, it's <laughs> the creepiest fucking outfit in the world. That's what I'm wearing and, right now. 
<laughs> just having Matthew McConaughey like wearing that, standing behind you, thrusting into you, mm. like going like this, and then uh, and then uh, and you're like, woo, okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know it's a film, but he like Alex Pettifer, like it's. I'd have been like. Dude, that's not in the script. What the fuck? Where did that cap come from? This is weird. You're scaring me. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> Just imagine what the rehearsals were like. Imagine how many times they rehearsed that mirror scene and how close Matthew McConaughey is in your face for like a full day. It, no. Yeah, it's, it's something. Yeah, I'd probably pick Matthew McConaughey though. I, I, after all that, I, I quite like him. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think he's good. So as the movie goes on, we sort of see um, Alex and Channing becoming friends and so forth. And there's a really scary scene, um, obviously, where they uh, jump off a bridge into the sea after a big night out. Do you know the bit where they sort of, Channing Tatum does a flip backwards? Yeah, it's um, great. Why do you think it's great? I just love the ending. I love when they pop when they pop up out of the water and Adam, the kid, says to him, I think we should be best friends. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's just the, the end of the night. They've had such a good time. It's such a gauche thing to say. It's so exposing, but it's so sweet um, that he wants this like big brother uh, figure in his life. And just to say what's on your mind, which is, I think we should be best friends. It's just so lovable. <laughs> like, like no front, no nothing. Just like, this is how I feel. And I'm going to tell you. I nearly said that to you first time we met Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. <laughs> I I really wanted to enjoy that scene, but it's this is set in Florida. That is the sea. There are legit sharks oh, wow, in that water. <laughs> I wonder why you were so sorry out by that scene. I was like, it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah, no, there are actual sharks in there. They must have had like shark nets or scuba divers either side of them when they were filming that to make sure that they were fine because that's um, that's very dangerous. And very dangerous what they did um, there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I've kind of skipped over um, the, the first stripping scene to It's Raining Men. Um, what oh, what did you make? <laughs> Right. I love the fact that they go straight in with It's Raining Men because you have to get that out of the way because it's your classic stripper mm. song. Although um, it's a drum and bass version, though, because it's I like... Know. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much fun. Like, when they are dancing, when they're doing their thing, obviously everybody in the audience is having the time of their life. Um, to get picked at that chair chair move thing they do, the sort of... Yeah, how to describe? Oh it. yeah, yeah. they they like, drag. No, drag's not the right word. You, yeah, I can mm, see why you're struggling. Yeah, yeah pluck, pluck. They pluck, pluck a pluck <laughs> a, a woman from the crowd on the chair and then yeah. do thing do things at her. Do things at her, and obviously the release. Like everyone, it's the same in the four months. People are screaming their heads off <laughs> because yeah. it's so thrilling and just so fucking bananas. The whole thing, um, but it is a really good show as well. Like so, the it's raining men scene. This is a really cheesy song, but it's very fun. Yeah, I. Do, I mean, that crowd is terrifying, and I do think it's done really well when they boot young um, Alex Pettifer on stage and go, "Put the yeah. kid on," because Tarzan's yeah. had too much uh, juice. He's yeah. full of G, and he, he's too. He's six foot eleven inches. We can't move him, so they put him on stage, and it's just scary and awkward. Yeah, and he's got like quite saggy pants on as well, so you'd feel yeah. really, really sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy kisses a woman on the lips and he gets good some good advice. Don't never kiss herpes. Herpes. Mm. Yeah. Was that a herpes question mark or are you confirming her? No, no, it's, I think that is sound advice. It's great, great, great. What, Don't never kiss a woman on the lips? Uh, correct. That's <laughs> <laughs> why they had a lot of, um, lots of uh, sex workers have a no kissing rule, I imagine. Mm. Uh, what? How do you know that? Let's move on, shall we? Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, good. So, um, so this is how it begins. So, like Matthew McConaughey goes, "This kid's got something. All right, all right, all right. He should maybe be a stripper. All right, all right, all right." And so, takes him on to be a stripper. And then the darkness sets in At around the halfway mark. Things start to get dark. Um, Channing Tatum can't get a loan to start his furniture business. This is the bank scene that I'm picking. Uh, he can't get a loan to start his business, even though he turns up at the bank disguised as Clark Kent. They still won't give him a loan. <laughs> it's so she's so good. The the bank person at uh, being flustered. He is. He would fluster the fucking living shit out of you if he sat down and was like, "How are you today, ma'am?" You would be like flapping you because <laughs> she's like, "He's like, oh, that's a nice necklace," and she's like, "Oh, really? Is it? Oh, my god, this this piece of shit. Whatever." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize I put it on. Yeah. The necklace I'm wearing. <laughs> she's so good because he's such a big presence and he's turning his full attention on her and it is a lot but she then has to do her job and you can tell that she really feels for him but he is also ridiculous turning up with these wrinkly dirty banknotes and being like i'm a legitimate business person and she's like yeah you're not um and she's not doing it to be mean but it is just the way the world is and then his reaction he really overreacts he's really childish he's like well fuck you bank or whatever like you're in the shit as well it's like that just shows your immaturity in that scene as well you thought you could like fit your way through it and you can't 
Yeah, that's Betsy Brandt, isn't it? She's a brilliant actress. Um, people know her from Breaking Bad, Hank's wife, Marie. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely nails that scene. Mm. So Channing can't get his bank loan, and um, then uh, Alex Pettifer becomes a, uh, a drug dealer, um, of all things. <laughs> yeah. But a bit of a shit one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he can't. He can't count how many pills. He doesn't know the difference between a hundred and a thousand. Which oh, is, and uh... takes them all out at the same time, which seems, <laughs> seems I, optimistic. I thought he was lying about the amount when he said that, Alex. I thought he was trying to downplay how much trouble he was in. Um, he did, yeah, he was on purpose because yeah. uh, okay. they say yeah. later it's not a that, a th- whatever. Um, okay, well, then he can be a drug dealer. Sorry, he can. As long as he can count, that's the, that's one of the main things. Um, measurements, yep. Um, um, what do you make of um, that sort of awkward bit of the sorority? It's kind of um, creepy. Who who invited them? Well, that's the thing because the the police. I've even I've seen the film. I thought the sorority scene plays out differently, and it's that the, the girls sort of like lose their minds because they think they're being really busted, and it goes wrong because of that. But obviously, someone's booked them. So one of the girls is in on it. So the scene couldn't go like that because if it got too out of hand, the girl that booked it for her friend would say, no, 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 the strippers, it's fine. Um, it's weird that it goes to pieces because Alex Pettifer like sneaks some ecstasy to the birthday girl. Like I thought he would try and sell it to her because, but then I suppose you get a freebie if you want to get her on the hook, but then she's going to be so battered off pills that she's not going <laughs> like, to... She's supposed to have a free one and be like, oh, I'll take 15 or whatever. Yeah, but she can't talk. All she wants to do is play fucking Tetris and like stroke someone's hair. So it's... <laughs> and and yeah. I just don't understand why all the blokes are there. Uh, all the friends and boyfriends sort of standing in the other room. I just It's just a, a, a weird situation. And you're absolutely right. Like... Why isn't he selling her the drugs? Why is he just giving it away? Um, <laughs> what's he got to gain out of that? I, it's it's just um, scene doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I think if you, I think if you're the girl who booked the two male strippers for your sorority party, and then you got there, and like everyone's boyfriends were there, you'd be like, shit, did you? Are we? In, are the the guys are coming? I didn't realize men were gonna be here. I should probably call up and cancel that because it's just gonna be weird for everyone. Yeah, but maybe I'm only just thinking of this now, so it's just, there's a small chance it's bollocks. But maybe it's saying like it's such a desexualized space because they're just, they're performing. They're not actually there to steal your girlfriend or to get off with your girlfriend or whatever. So in a weird way, even though it's a very sexual act, so well, sexual pretend act, it's a desexualized act, and so there's nothing for these men to feel threatened by in that weird way or whatever. Um, it's just a business transaction, maybe. It's just a dance. That's all it is. Or is it like I don't know? Well, it's the start of the decline for uh, Alex Pettifer at that point. In terms of you know things go a little bit off the rails. Um, although he's having a great time, he he gets to um, go to a party, uh, the hurricane party that they have, and um, uh, he ends up in a room with um, Ken Matthew Bomer's Ken, uh, the stripper, and uh, and his wife, and it's just really. Really weird. Where it, yeah, it's he's... weird, but it's really good drug acting, I think. So I don't know what they're taking that it acts that quickly, but good for them. Well, do you want do you want to talk us through what what what's happening in the scene, Victoria? So the kid and Riley Keogh, but I can't remember the name of her character. Oh, Nora. Um, they walk into 
Ken's he's not called Ken whatever the Ken doll the, and his, his wife his stripper name's Ken yeah. his stripper name's Ken yeah. they go into the bedroom to buy some drugs they take some drugs and Ken says to the kid uh, if you want to feel my wife's boobs go for it they're amazing and she's really up for it she's like you, it's fine don't worry about it and then they all sort of lie down on the bed but then the drugs kick in super quick and Alex Bender <laughs> looks at his friend Ken and is like, I fucking love you. And he's like, I love you. You ha- And when he says you have such a special soul, like that to me, like it made me like catch my breath a bit. Cause it's like, that is such, that is spot on drug acting. That's so good. Like such a stupid <laughs> thing to say, like you have such a special soul. But in that moment, you'd be like, oh my God, you are, you're literally made of rainbows to me right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved him. I, was, I, thought, I thought it was a good scene. Yeah, I mean, it, the drugs just kick in too fast for it to be believable, though. You yeah. can't, you know, you you might have great drug acting, but if you're playing fast and loose with how long, yeah. um, I'm assuming it's ecstasy takes to kick in, you're like, Ugh, it's yeah, like It's what? like 20 seconds, it doesn't make any It's like that moment in Leon, and I still don't know what he takes. You know the bit where Gary Oldman takes that oh, yeah. something and he does that weird twisty neck thing upwards towards the camera, and you're like... What is that meant to be? Like, yeah. what, what? I've never worked that out. It's just like, do that because that's a drug that does something immediately <laughs> to you. And then things get worse. Riley Keough is introduced, like you say. We've met her at that point where it's like, <laughs> Channing Tatum goes, you do not want that in your life. And I'm like, that is a solid introduction for a character. But it <laughs> turns out to be true because despite owning a pot belly piglet, um, she leads him astray and... He's Channing Tatum's meant to be looking after him. And lo and behold, we find him face down, unconscious on his Channing Tatum's spare bedroom floor on a mezzanine level with vomit coming out of his mouth and the pig eating the vomit. The pig vomit scene. <laughs> and then it's sort of like, you know, then becomes Channing Tatum's story again, really. Um, I'll cut to the end where he's learns he has an argument um, with Alex Pettifer's sister, um, uh, and he does this while wearing board shorts and flip-flops, which is very difficult to look mm. cool in an argument wearing board shorts and flip-flops. I hate arguing uh, with... I hate it if me and Mark have an argument and there's anything less than, like, I need a suit of armour. I don't like feeling exposed mm. in any... I would, could never win a fight or an argument unless I was, like, top to toe. I Preferably I have a coat on. Like, I just don't like... <laughs> Has he got a sword in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> he always comes to our fights tooled up you know mine <sighs> he brings a knife you bring a gun um <laughs> what, what what's the deal with uh Petifer's sister in this film? i i don't like i get it as in she catches his eye presumably because she's not that impressed by him which always 100 percent always works obviously um but I don't really get what it is about her that he he basically spends his savings bailing out her brother, Alex Pettifer. So Alex Pettifer fucks up with the drug dealers and is like 10 grand in debt or it, it's suggested he's going to get killed if he doesn't pay this drug debt. So Channing Tatum pays it, but we know he's got 13 grand. So it's kind of all his money he's been saving for five or six years stripping. So he does all of that and he says to Brooke, um, Alex Pettifer's sister later, I didn't do it for him. And the suggestion is I did it for you. And I just don't see in their relationship what is so on fire that he would... I know he doesn't want to risk Alex Pettifer getting killed, but he doesn't seem that bothered that he spent his whole life savings bailing him out 
and he sort of did it for this girl. I just don't see the electricity between them that would be like, okay, that's a very romantic thing to do, and it's um, very really noble. Yeah, I've got I've got no chemistry written down. Um, I just think maybe she's not very good. I can't decide. I know people have said it that she's not good, and the first time I watched it, I didn't think so. But second time, I don't know. I think that scene where they're at the sandbar party and. Olivia Munn is there and she's sort of trying to rope her into a threesome and she keeps touching her and saying, oh, have you got a tattoo? Have you got a tattoo? She reacts to that really, really well, like very realistically for someone that doesn't want to seem to be uh, prudish, which is like, wrong word to use, but like, but isn't into it as well and sort of extricates herself from it. And she does do that very believably. So I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because a lot of the scenes, and in fact, the whole movie, because it's Soderbergh, is so naturalistic in the way people perform. It's all done in a conversational style. So you, you do look at some people and go, e because they don't look like they're acting, it's like, and a lot of it's improvised. You can see you're never sure whether someone's good or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're not really acting, acting. This is a really mean thing to say, but there's a bit when the actor who plays Brooke, she, Channing Tatum's about to walk into the scene and you know they're going to have a big argument or whatever, and she's just reading a book, but I've never seen someone read a book so badly in my life. Like, she's act, <laughs> acting at reading a book, and it's like she's waiting for Steven Soderbergh to go, like, go, or whatever people say. It's so poor. It's so, and it's like it's a book. You could just literally read it, and then you would. that's better acting. It's really bad. That maverick know. Soderbergh. And you're not going to say action today, Stephen. <laughs> no, I'm using go. Go. <laughs> now. <laughs> make, make act. Make read. act now. <laughs> Do your best uh, reading. And three, two, one, go. No, I haven't finished. Go. 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 Stop. <laughs> Great. That's in the bag. Um, not in the bag, <laughs> Soderbergh, in the can. Oh, Stephen. Right, so um, does anyone have any other scenes they want to talk about, really, um, other than, uh, I guess, the end, which is lovely, where she's like, oh, what are we going to do for the next eight hours until breakfast opens? I mean, her, between her and her brother, they don't know times and um, numbers very well. It's like, he's like, 100 pills, 1,000 pills. She's like, oh, do you want to get breakfast in eight hours? Do you don't know how a restaurant works. God. Anyway, so um, then we leave them. And uh, presumably they're about to um, uh, make 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 sex. <laughs> that's, uh, St <laughs> that's, that's Stephen Soderbergh again. That's my Stephen Soderbergh impression. Go! This is the scene where you're going to make sex off camera. <laughs> so um, good. Any any other scenes that you'd like to uh, talk about that I, I might have skipped over in the journey through magic? Mike, we took just them. No. No. Lovely. Uh, massive success. $7 million budget financed by Steven Soderbergh and Channing Tatum turned it into a $167 million hit worldwide. A very profitable movie, uh, which obviously gave us the sequel, Magic Mike XXL, which in my opinion is much better. Um, now, I... I don't know whether to talk about this. Well, I do know whether to talk about this. It fits under the category we'd call gossip. And yet it has been spoken about by one of the stars of the movie at length. So I feel it is relevant and also might go some way to explaining whether or not you think Alex Pettifer is good in this movie. Apparently, him and Channing Tatum did not get on and have what is called, in inverted commas, a feud after this movie. Does anyone know about this? No. Yes. Uh, Chris, then, as a bastion of the right and wrong and morality and ethics, do you think we need to cover their feud? 
I don't think we have Great, to yes. It Let's in do it. I love detail. it. It's a, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. Thank you, Chris. Uh, no. So <laughs> here's the goss. Definitely I uh, love it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Go with a feud. Um, so um, apparently uh, Channing Tatum wasn't particularly keen on having Alex Petiver cast in the movie because of his bad boy behavior. Don't know what that was. Didn't look that up. Uh, but Soderbergh wanted him. Um and on the Brett Easton Ellis podcast, Alex uh, Pettifer was like, I had a very negative past relating to the things that I'd done on movies and promotion of my movies. And Channing Tatum is an extraordinarily smart businessman. I think he probably didn't want to get into a conflict with Stephen. And so he let me be cast. Um, on the movie itself, apparently Pettifer was a bit standoffish on set. And he actually says that he didn't speak on the movie because he was scared to speak and he just did his work and then sat in the corner and listened to music because he'd been told that anything he did was wrong by his reps and so he was very insecure this apparently came off as standoffish as far as uh, some people are concerned but it really um the s hit the f uh when he uh skipped out of renting one of Channing Tatum's friends' flats after the movie and owed them four months of rent and Channing Tatum was like um don't fuck over my friends. You owe them money. Pay them the fucking money. Don't be a clown. And he said, <laughs> Alex Bettifer said, <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm not dealing with this. I'm just not going to pay. And in hindsight goes, I probably should have just paid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was, I think he was looking for an excuse not to like me. So like, no, 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 he just owed his friends money, <laughs> right? Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that he went. He went. No, 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 no. No, you're asking me for money too much. It's too much pressure to pay this money that I legit owe. So I'm not going to pay it. Uh, and then I don't think you're allowed to be surprised when someone goes. I'm not a huge fan of the guy who doesn't pay his rent. So yeah, there's a genuine feud. There, or there was at least, Chris. I think we dealt with that uh, in a, a very clinical fashion, without um, expressing too much emotion or taking sides. Importantly, yeah. I mean, all I'd add is I've I know certainly know people who've done press with him and not had a very nice experience as well. Um, so I think it translates. Channing you know, Tatum or Alex Alex Pettifer. Pettifer, you know, there's obviously there's, oh, there's okay. stories about him on all his film sets. It seems to be, and 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 which I can't speak to, but certainly people I know that have interviewed him or spent time with him uh, as press on sets have not had nice experiences. So there's something going oh. on there. Okay, I only know him from Stormbreaker, mm. which we won't be doing on a future episode. <laughs> I, um, uh, Vicky, uh, do you do you have anything to add? You love a bit of gossip. I'm surprised you've been so quiet. When do I? When do I love gossip? Well, I mean, obviously not when Chris is around, but... Um, oh, sorry, you know. about Chris, I do. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> sorry, I thought we said that was between us, so... It's, uh, my, you, you, you were the one who called it an ongoing feud between Chris and I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm whispering here in his ear as well, pouring poison in his ear. <laughs> oh, uh, right then. Um, any more for any more on the fallout from Magic Mike? No. No, this isn't to do with the fallout, but I did um, WhatsApp you guys uh, two questions that I wonder if you prepared answers for this week. Oh, I did actually. Yeah, go on. I, I wanted to know what your stripper name would be and what your stripper yep. song would be. I've thought about this. This is a sort of question I could answer all day just to try and make myself laugh more. Uh, but the answer I've settled on is... <laughs> right, strapping. <laughs> um, 
just to pre- this is a long answer sorry just to preface this you know it was the grand national recently and there was a horse that what my, my youngest child picked and the horse was called jury duty but because he's three he mispronounced it and it was the cutest thing i'd ever heard in my life but it's also a good stripper name so my stripper name is juicy booty and my song is you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> oh sexy i'm so funny <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Welcome, Juicy Booty. And then you went and seen nothing yet. It's really good. My baby, it's amazing. Yeah, we know the song. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> anyway, what about you? <laughs> Alex, did you come up with something? No. My second answer was my name would be Victoria Crompton <laughs> because that's sexy enough. <laughs> and then I'm not bothered about the song. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever's on. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't know what I do for the song. I mean, my I I sort of thought you were doing. Uh, you were playing that old game where your stripper name is um, kind of like your porn star name, where you take your first name is the first pet you ever owned, and your second name yeah. is your. No, the, I don't, um, yeah, I don't need to, mate. The, I don't need to because my name is Victoria right. Crompton, and that is that's pretty it's fiery. Not, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. What's it's, yours, then, Alex? It's not. Uh, it's uh, well, if I if I work it out with my first um, pet's name yeah. and the the street I grew up on, uh, then my uh, my name would be Puss Long uh, Puss No Puss that was no Puss Oakwood, mm, <laughs> which is quite it, good. I think, think yeah. that works. Yeah, yeah, Puss Oakwood. Yeah, it, it's good. I mean, it's embarrassing because it means I named my first cat Puss, which is uh, I didn't have a great imagination as a child. But there you go. <laughs> How things have changed, Chris. Chris, what would yours be? Um. I thought I could be the Croydon Cocksmith. <laughs> so, that's good. That's such a filthy laugh. That's brilliant. <laughs> or, or if that's true, too rude, the ball baller. But um, I, I just like the word Cocksmith. And I would, dan- <laughs> I would dance to Manamana from the Muppets. I think. <laughs> oh, that's ruined it. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, actually, while we were doing this, I thought I could be Cheetah or to, to Tarzan, to Kevin Nash's Tarzan. You would walk around on all fours, like yeah, a like, a little, like a little monkey boy. No, not oh, no cheetah the monkey. Come on, not he's not a, not a cheetah. Cheetah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Tarzan's monkey. He'd walk around on all fours like a cheetah. <laughs> no. Um, right, good. I'm glad we played that game. Shall we do the bits? Yeah. What is your favourite scene? The best scene in the movie, Chris. I like it when it looks like the kid has overdeed because I was hoping that he would die and leave the film. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Vicky. I like it when Channing Tatum dances to Genuine's Pony, <laughs> like everybody else in the world. I love that scene. <laughs> uh, I'm a video huge fan. That over the weekend, didn't you, Vicky? Yeah. Quite late yeah, at night. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the music video, not even the the, the, the Channing Tatum dance. I didn't really understand. Well, I didn't to want to send you the clip because I didn't want. I didn't know if you'd watched it, so I didn't want to ruin the clip for you. But I just wanted like a little tease of like, get ready for this. <laughs> anyway, uh, what about you, um, Al? I yeah, I'm picking the uh, the first dance. It's raining to its raining men. Um, the bit where Channing Tatum starts shaking his touche, um, and it's like a pneumatic drill. Oh, fantastic! Um, I'm just very impressed with that. Um, it, I didn't. I don't know how you do it, um, but it's it's great. Uh, what's your MVW, Vicky? Uh, it's Matthew McConaughey, actually. <laughs> um, because 
I thought it both times I've watched it. He seems quite sleazy, but also you would follow him to Miami. So he's got that weird vibe. Obviously, his outfit that you've talked about is fucking nuts. But he's like a cult leader. Like, you don't trust him, and yet you would do what he says. Um, And that's quite a thing to pull off. So, yeah, him. Yeah, I heard an interview where they asked him who who Dallas was, and he said it's simple. He's a capitalist, and and that's basically all he is. Um, I've gone McConaughey as well. Uh, I think you've got different levels of movie star charisma in this film, and he's he's at the top of the tree. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Channing Tatum. I uh, touched on it earlier. think he's incredible and making uh, Mike uh, charming and likeable. Um, so he's my MVW this week. Uh, what would you change, though, Chris? Um, I, I know the kid is our way into this movie, but as I've said, I wasn't really a fan of his. And I, I just, a, a frustration I have with the film is this kind of lack of focus where we bounce from character to character. And I know that's Soderbergh's style and that's the film he wanted to make, but I found it a little bit frustrating. So I would have just got rid of his character. I think we could have found another way into this story and focus on uh, maybe Dallas and, and, and Channing Tatum because... Um, they're just more interesting characters to spend time with. Certainly a bit more Dallas would have been good. Vicky, what would you change? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Dallas and Channing Tatum have a bit of a falling out and Matthew McConaughey sort of challenges Channing Tatum. He's like, come up with a new dance, like come up with some new material. You you know, don't threaten me with walking away. You're not getting any younger. And Magic Mike comes up with a new dance. So what I would do is save that dance to the very end and he goes out and he performs this incredible dance and then he walks away. So he walks oh, away Yeah, at the top smash. of his game. Yeah, and he's like, fuck yeah. you, dude. Like, I'm the best the and I'm off. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do without me, you yeah. idiot? Yeah. 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 Really calling him an idiot there for getting rid of him. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that dance that I've just done, you idiot. <laughs> and you, you didn't want to give me 10%. Now look at you. Yeah, that's right. You're an idiot. <laughs> great. Great. I think that's great. Really hammering home. Alex, what would you change? More Joe Mangan- Manganello. Uh, I Is think that how you say his really... name? I looked it up. Yeah, you don't say manga twice. We... You don't go Joe Mang- we... Manganello. What I used to do the superhero show, which I know some people listen to this, used to watch that. We, we had to say his name quite a lot, and we got in such tongue twisters. We ended up calling him Joe Mellow Yellow. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, it, I looked it up. It's Joe Manganello. Manganello. See, Manganello. no, I can't say it. That's what we would do every week. Uh, <laughs> you start saying it and Manga. you think you could do it and by the end you've gone all over the place uh, I really like him as an actor um, and I, I I want to see more of him I don't think he's had that role yet that like allows him to like be awesome like he dies early in Rampage uh, his death stroke cameo at the end of Justice League <laughs> is pretty much not going to lead to anything and, um, on arrival. Yeah. Um yeah Good. Nice. Nice headline. And, um, yeah, uh, we rarely get very little of Big Dick Richie here. So, yeah, more Big Dick Richie, please. We get a lot more of him in the sequel, don't we? We do. So yeah, your change do. happened, but just not in this film. Yeah, but yeah. I just think I, I, I quite like him. I think he's got something that's got, uh, you know. I mean, I don't want to see him using a, um, a suction pump penis enlarger um, again. I don't, but, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was interesting, that moment. Do you know... Um, do you know they're quite dangerous, um, apparently? Can they rip your knob off? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to read out. Yeah, they could they could just um, they can just rip it straight just off. Shear it straight. <laughs> Do off. they work, Alex? <laughs> um, uh, vacuum pumps. Uh, they draw blood into the penis, making it swell, and they can make the penis look larger temporarily. But using one too often or too long can damage the elastic tissue in the penis, Ooh. leading to less firm erections. Or it could rip the cock off. <laughs> it shouldn't make me laugh that much. <laughs> uh, right then, it's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Um, so, quite simply, the full Monty uh, versus Magic Mike. Uh, I'll start because I'm going to keep it very brief this time. It was an easy one for me. Uh, I like both. Um, I do like both. Um but one is cock and balls above the other. I'm voting for the full Monty. Yeah, I'll go next. I mean, the full, the full, the closure of the steel mines isn't really a sexy subject for a movie, but they, they, they use it as a jumping off point for a film that that is funny, sad, hilarious, poignant. And would you say it's sexy, Vicky? What the full Monty? Yeah. When Robert Carlyle does his first strip, it is not not sexy. Let's put it that way. Oh, really? it's just yeah, it's just got a very twinkly eye, and I like anyone with confidence is automatically sexy. Like that, everyone knows that. But he's and he's very confident. Yeah, and no, it tackles all those heavy themes. We didn't really talk about them, but you've got unemployment, masculinity, body image, father's rights, impotence, depression, suicide, and yet you come out of it feeling really good, which I think yeah. is. A really impressive feat and you know i feel like it's the british version of the stripper story if the americans had done the full monty they would have hit the gym had makeovers become amazing dancers uh and mark addy would have got six pack um but because this version ends with a bunch of saggy bomb bums i love it so it has to be full monty for me well well there we have it the full monty is the winner for completion victoria which way would you have gone yeah i would have said the full monty as well um which i'm surprised at because when I went to watch it, I've I just forgotten how much I liked it and how funny it is. But I'm just such a sucker for the classic structure of like, we're going to put on a show. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what wins it for me. Well, there you go. Three, four, three. The Full Monty is the out and out winner this week. Uh, big congratulations to that movie. Well done. I love that. That's great. It's nice that we can all agree as well. It's really nice. Really nice. How are you feeling about that? They were all sort of like together. On this one, um, I'm indifferent because I don't care what you two think. <laughs> good, and uh, the feel-good atmosphere of the end of the pod has gone. Uh, right then, are you ready for your movies next week? It's my choice. Yes, Vicky. Yeah. Here is your movie for next week. Oh, what's it going to be? What is it going to be, Vicky? I am sending you. Back to 1987. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. See if you can guess what this is. 1987. You're heading to the mystical town or uh, mystical land of Florin, 
where Wesley must rescue <gasps> Buttercup from the evil Prince Humperdinck. Day dancing, day dancing, of... day dancing. <laughs> with the help of Inigo Montoya, he turns my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. Is it the Princess Bride? <laughs> you have got the Princess Bride. Yes. Uh, which means, Chris, um, I am sending you back to 1984 where you're going to be traveling to the land of fantasia which is under threat from the darkness can atreyu artex and falcor save the day oh chris what is it turn around look at what you see uh, is it never any story? <laughs> dirty dancing. It's dirty dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a never ending story. We can all get ready to cry over that scene all over oh, again. Oh, God. You're going to make me watch yeah. that scene again. <sighs> God. I, I was actually close to not picking it because of how fucking heartbreaking that scene is. Uh, but yeah, it is The Princess Bride versus Neverending Story. That is next week's Clash of the Titles. And until then, don't forget you can comment and hit us up on Twitter at ClashPod or email us show at ClashPod.com uh, Please do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify and or other. We'll be back on Monday. Thank you for listening and goodbye. This was a Stakhanov production. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.